Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Here we go. It is episode number 48 of the Rosie Report regular season roundup weekend recap edition. Jim Rosenhouse along with you as we join you from smoking hot Houston, Texas, where the highs today are expected to eclipse the 100 degree mark they're talking 103 but inside at the ballpark affectionately known as the juice box minute maid park it'll be uh, roof closed air conditioning and all that kind of good stuff as the guardians get ready to take on the houston astros on monday night following a split of a four game weekend series in chicago against a white Sox team that has undergone major changes to their roster due to the trade deadline and a disappointing season as they had a complete sell-off and may not be done yet with the deadline coming up on Tuesday at 6. But uh, a look back at at the weekend and a little bit on the podcast, we'll be joined by Sandy Alomar Jr., who has some uh, good stories about trade deadline deals that he was involved in back during his playing career. So uh, stick around for that. I think you'll enjoy that, Sandy, always with some great perspectives and stories. So we'll hear from him in a little while. But first, a look back at uh, the day yesterday, a nice 5 nothing win for the Guardians. Aaron Savali completed a tremendous month of July where his ERA was in the low twos with uh, a victory yesterday as part of that shutout win over the White Sox. And after the game, he talked about it being a good team win for the ball club. I think it's just trusting the energy for the whole team. You saw a ton of defensive plays out there that were awesome. Um, I use that as energy as much as they use the pace that I'm pitching at or filling up the zone. Um, it's all it's all contagious. Um, just trying to go out there and match the energy that everyone else is bringing. You've played your whole career with Jose. Just, we've asked everybody a million times, what does it say about him that he can be frustrated and end up having a day like he had today? Yeah, I mean, he can do that any day. Um, we've seen it. Everybody in here has seen it. And he's continuing to show everyone else what he can do. When you face a team like the White Sox, who know you pretty well, and I know there's games where you can use the curveball, you can use the cutter a lot. Just when you have a good curve like you did today, how happy does that make you feel to be able to use it? Sure. Um, to be honest, it wasn't that great in the bullpen the other day. It's something that I struggled with in that bullpen. Um, so just tried to feel, find that feel early. Uh, found it pregame today and just going into the game and seeing how they're handling things. And then we make the adjustments and just stayed with a good game plan today. Aaron, you're kind of like the last 
you know, with Beaver and Tristan and and uh, Cal on the uh, IL, the last veteran. Do you feel uh, is that does that I mean does that give you you know what what does that do Does that make you kind of kind of take a leadership role? Doing the same thing we always do. Those guys are still around the clubhouse. They're still have a lot of influence on this team. Uh, we know they're working as hard as they can to get back. We we do a really good job in this organization of bringing up guys that are very similar mentalities. And you see that with all three of these young guys that are stepping in the same way that the guys you mentioned have done in the past. And that's a culture thing, and we do a really good job with that here. Also after the game, manager Terry Francona talked about Savali's performance and how it set the tone. And I thought early on you saw his curveball was really working, and he went to it a lot, especially early. And then he got comfortable with his cutter, and he threw his fastball. He just really knows how to pitch. I mean, in a in an era maybe where you're looking at radar guns, he's got a pretty low ERA because he knows how to pitch. Offensively, how? I know you get a run with the walk, and it seemed like he was really wild. Did that kind of stymie the offense for a while? Um, you know, he's got really good stuff. He just wasn't locating early in we you know we got the one but you know you're thinking okay look we got to get more it's kind of like the other night but then at least we stayed at it and because Aaron's keeping him off the board we get a couple home runs and spread it out a little bit. Hosey just told me that uh when he hit the first home run I asked him was he frustrated when he threw it back he said yeah I've been missing some pitches but just how nice to have that guy in your back pocket man. And, you know, Dee and I were talking last night, and I was like, man, Hosey looks like maybe he needs a day off. Because when he starts getting frustrated, and he said, no, I'm good. Thank goodness. <laughs> the defense, you know, Brennan moves over from center to, to right, makes a couple plays on nice. And he, he did. made a couple he, plays. Him, he made a couple really nice plays. Um, yeah, Brennan came in and got two balls. Um, I'm not sure where he, who he was throwing to, but he, he made the play. That was big. Um, uh, it was a good day all, all the way around. With Quan, you guys have talked about how there's power in there and he's just maybe more aggressive in certain situations. Just what have you thought about kind of the adjustments he's made, especially this season, just to unlock that? I think he's. I think he was aware that they were throwing him fastballs in. Now he's picking his spots because we don't need him to be the free swinger that maybe like an Oscar is because we value so much him getting on base. But when they do start to pound him in, he starts turning on some balls. It's, it's, it's going to do nothing but help us. So a nice win for the Guardians yesterday. And with that victory, coupled with the Minnesota Twins' fifth consecutive loss, the Guardians are now just a half game out of first place in the American League's Central Division, heading into play tonight. They're a 500 ball club once again, getting back to the 500 mark. And uh, we'll see where they can go from here. And we'll also see if there are changes to be made as the trade deadline approaches. They've made the one deal with Ahmed Rosario being sent to the Dodgers. Noah Syndergaard, who will pitch on Monday night here in Houston. He's been acquired by the Guardians to fill out that starting rotation. So, uh, again, the Guardians front office staff working hard to, to try and see if there's ways they can improve, improve the team between now and the trade deadline, and we'll see if something happens between now and 6 o'clock on Tuesday night. Now, as promised, Sandy Alomar Jr. joined us over the weekend to talk about his trade deadline experiences, and twice Sandy, later in his career, after his time with Cleveland, found himself traded at the deadline, and uh, when we caught up with him, he talked about what that's like and uh, some of the experiences that he went through. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, the first time I got traded was in uh, July uh, of 2002. I was, uh, we were going to the Cooperstown game. Uh, 
to play uh, White Sox versus the Rockies. And uh, I was living in Chicago at that time anyway. It's like I uh, get off the plane, and as soon as I get out of the plane, Jerry Manuel grabbed me and said, hey, we just made a trade with the Rockies. And, uh, you know, we, you, we traded you to the Rockies. And I was like, so I, I went to the Cooperstown game in one plane and left in a different, with a different team. But it, that was surprising because I wasn't expecting it. But I, I was kind of like in a platoon backup role. Yeah, yes, I went to the Rockies that year and it was kind of like a shock to me. But, you know, it's part of baseball. And a couple of times you signed as a free agent, so you knew where you were going and you had, had a chance to scout that out. Uh, the feeling of being traded, how, how does that hit home for you? Um, I, you know, at first it's like, well, okay, like, you know, I understand, you know, we, this is baseball, we move in different directions, you're going with younger guys and stuff like that, but then later on you go, man, I, I, just, I wasn't even expecting that one. The other time that I was traded was I was with the Dodgers and we had this family game. Well, family picnic at, uh, at the ballpark after the game and it was like a 98 degrees and out there with my kids and stuff like that playing and all of a sudden when the day was over, Nick Coletti pulls me over. Hey, hey I got to talk to you for a second. I said, oh, okay. I go out there and say, we just want to tell you that we just traded you to the White Sox. <laughs> I was like, my kids just got there. And we're like, okay. So like, I told my wife, let's pack our stuff tonight, and I had we had to leave. Like so they, the White Sox took care of us. They they bought us like five tickets, five five plane tickets, and we left the next day. We left the apartment. My wife had to come back and and wrap it up. But that one that one was a shocker because I wasn't expecting coming back to the White Sox. But I guess they needed a veteran catcher to help out with Mark Burley and John Garland and stuff like that. They brought me back. So your time with the Indians, very good teams, always active at the deadline to try and set things up for the postseason. What was it like being a, obviously a huge part of that and seeing what's happening around you? How was the clubhouse leading into that and then coming out of a trade deadline if, if moves were made? Yeah, you're always looking forward for, for upgrades and, and situations that you need. If you need more pitching or you need more uh, a bat, uh, you know, and, and those times we had a great lineup. So. There was not much to be done, but we always try to improve our pitching and stuff like that. And and uh, never went through my mind that one of us was going to be traded. I never did get traded from Cleveland during those times. At the time, I was they had to I had to approve the deal because I was a team five player. So like, but it never crossed my mind because we were having success. So I never I never was traded from Cleveland. Stay tuned. We'll have more with Sandy Alomar after this short break. Welcome back to Guardians Warm-Up. Sandy Alomar joining us. We've been talking trade deadline, but uh, always like to talk catching, too, with Sandy. And uh, you have a young catcher in Bo Naylor who's still in his first couple of months in the major leagues full-time. Uh, what are you seeing in Bo defensively that has you encouraged? Well, I, I see a lot. He has a lot of tools to begin with. Uh, he prepares very well with the pitching staff. The one thing is, is that he... Uh, he has a lot on his plate because uh, he kind of started a little bit slow offensively, and sometimes when you struggle in one particular area in the game, you try to attain that more than, than the defense. But, no, he's, he's really had done a tremendous strides with his receiving and controlling the ball in the dirt, uh, calling a game. He's done a good job. Uh, one area that we're trying to work uh, hard on it is just like the transfer, the baseball. He tends to climb too much with his arm, and that sometimes uh, affects his uh, transfer. But... That's something that, uh, you know, we just have to work on it. You just, we just can't just automatically say, this is the way you're going to throw, and that's it. No, you just, it takes time. 
And a player who's seen a little more time behind the plate of late is David Fry, who's trying to figure it out between outfield, infield, and, and catching. Uh, can that be an advantage, or is that a real challenge for a young catcher? It's an advantage, but also it also is a challenge. Uh, you know, you, 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 ed- you educate your body to take ground ball, take fly balls, and then you got to go back there with different mechanics and catching. Sometimes you tend to adapt the other position than taking behind a play. So those are the things you have to remember. We have to kind of block practice in different things so we can randomize it later. But he understood that, for example, he's, 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 he's accustomed to catching the ball and getting rid of it right away. But when you catch, you want to frame it. You want to hold the ball, show the umpire. At times, he tend to catch it and throw it back, and he kind of tend to lose strikes like that. But at the end of the day, he does a good job. He has a good arm, get good release. Uh, but, you know, little bitty things that we had to clean up that uh, can help him more in, in the defensive part. Sandy, always great to have you on. Thanks for coming by. Thank you very much, Rosie. Always fun to have Sandy Alomar Jr. on our show and uh, some great insight there, not only on the trade deadline, but also uh, the catching situation for the Guardians. That's going to do it for this edition, episode number 48 in the books. We'll catch you next time. And until then... This is Jim Rosenhouse thanking you for downloading and listening to The Rosie Report.